Welcome to an amazing episode of the Barber Shop. I have with me today Suhasni, the founder of Yoga Bar. Welcome to the Barber Shop. Kind of you, Shantanu, to have me. You should be able to recreate the product in your kitchen. The only reason you're buying it from me is because of my scale. People, when they go and ask for energy bar, they say, "Can I have a yoga bar, even if it's another brand?" Found out the two largest brands of chocolate in India don't have any milk in it. Yes. In FMCG, Shantanu, the worst thing you can actually pick is food. Having a standalone D2C store for food is a VC's hallucination. I'm envious. I sit back and I think that what he was telling was was probably right. I lost track of time, days, Sundays, Saturdays. Three people wanted to buy out the brand. It hadn't even crossed our mind. And then we said maybe we should start thinking in that direction. I don't want to go through life living a very unidimensional life. I think that's important. Welcome to an amazing episode of the Barber Shop. I have a founder uh, who I have watched from uh, close distance um, uh, because we had common investors. We used to meet often. we started around a similar time in the consumer space but she and her sister and the entire team have built out an incredible brand and taken it from idea to business to selling it and now scaling it with uh with with a strategic partner uh which is one of the largest consumer businesses in india i have with me today suhasni the founder of yoga bar suhasni <laughs> welcome to the barber shop thank you so much for coming it's nice it's so nice to be here actually thank No, thank you for taking the time. So we don't, uh, we don't do, uh, we we don't. We, so barber shop started as a. So you would relate to this fully. We had a marketing meeting, where people realize that shaving and trimmers and all are very boring categories, right? They're not fun categories. You can't do a lot of fun with it, right? So how do we make it more engaging? Was the problem statement from the marketing team? So we said, what are the assets we have? So we have these products. We have the, we have a studio on that. And one person said there is Shantanu's LinkedIn page where he does this controversial posts also on entrepreneurship. Can we make it bigger? So we said, okay, fine. How do I convert an entrepreneurship conversation which I have very organically into something bigger? So someone said, let's start a podcast. So we said, okay, cool. So we call it the Barber Shop because it's Bombay Shaving Company. And then we said, okay, let's bring amazing entrepreneurs and uh, talk to them about their life journey and let's see where that goes because there's engagement on the LinkedIn profile. Let's see the engagement elsewhere. And now, this has become like a really, really cool place. And our purpose with the Baba Shop, so Asni, is that we bring in founders such as yourself, try to distill the the learnings over years into like a couple of hours of conversation, and hopefully, when our listeners who are very hungry for inspiration, who are very ambitious, um, but young, right? So haven't seen the world as much, or Maybe are in a city where access to other people or mentors is not very high. For them, a conversation like this hopefully tips them over the edge and they get the confidence or they get the final push to do something. And we believe that the barber shop is not doing something way bigger than what just Bombay Shaving Company, which is, uh, you know, we have almost a million and a half watch hours, uh, more than a million people who are completely engaged on the platform. No, I mean, I when I was telling somebody I was coming to Delhi to do this, they're like, we watch every single episode. Really? Yeah, a good friend from Blinkit actually. Okay. Literally, like I watch every single episode. I'm like, and he's just like, maybe it'll make me convert and be an entrepreneur someday. So I was just like, that's amazing. Yeah. We had Albi from Blinkit here as well. Yeah, yeah. It was a fantastic episode. Uh, but thank you so much. And um, first of all, congratulations on building Yoga Bar and continuing to build Yoga Yoga Bar to both you and Anandita and the entire team. But I would love to know how it all started. Like what were you guys doing? Yeah. When did? Because this is this is 
for me if i have a bombay shaving company with a two year idea that was just in gestation for two years before i actually action it what was it for you guys so shafta uh, was like we i don't come from a business family at all right it's like so business is the last thing like it's very common for tamrams to do multiple phd's <laughs> it's not so common to do business at all yeah. um so i was exchanging at watton and i lived with anandita and both of us used to go for the yoga class we used to go in the bikram yoga class okay and the minute we used to finish that class both of us used to go and get a bath and other what were you were you studying together or what no, no anandita was in the mna team with ey okay and i was of course uh, exchanging i was at lbs and i was exchanging at watton okay. and i used to take the bolt bus to go to philly so i used to live with her in new york and i used to just take the bolt and go to philly okay three days a week or whatever okay. right so the days when i used to go for the yoga class we used to do the bikram yoga class used to come out we used to go get something to eat and we saw this kind bar thing and and i was just like and we read up about him like it's a billion dollar company we like there's just nothing healthy to eat in india She's like, if I had something like this, I would just call it yoga bar. I'm like, let's trademark it. Whether or not we create a m- company, let's trademark it. At some point of time, we'll sell this trademark and make money. And which year was it? 2012. Okay. And then we formally started in 2015. But, but the, I don't know. There was a. No, I mean, so I went on. I came back to India first. I was doing this financial outsourcing company that also grew quite large. Uh-huh. So they're like a hundred people or whatever, and. We did the financial outsourcing for like literally all the startups in Bangalore. So we knew everybody, right? Like right from the urban ladders and Zivamis and Muskalander and everybody. We used to do their accounting for them. And um, and during this time period, I also met Kaval because one of his investee companies I used to sit on the board of from a finance standpoint. And he was just I was talking to him and I caught him outside class and I said, "Listen, Kaval, this is what I've done. I've kind of like trademarked this, and I think it's a really exciting idea." And he's like, "If you need some money." No questions. I'll just take some money, go ahead and do whatever you want to do. If you make a company out of it, give me shares. So I'm like, fair enough. There's another thing. Yeah, yeah, literally. That is I'm, so cool. Very, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kaval's known to like, you know, uh, nudge, do that little nudge that makes people, you know, tip over. And um, yeah, and after that point in time, um, Anandita used to kind of like do some recipes. Who's the older one in the U? No, I'm not answering that question. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's. I'm the youngest of the three of us. Okay. So um, I borrowed some money from the eldest one, um, and then put in some of whatever Kavan offered to give us. And then she used to, you know, work some recipes at her house in New York, send it to me, and I worked with almost like I think 115 bakers in the city to kind of help. So you started it in Bangalore on your own. Literally. And then Anandita was in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And then after we, and then for fin. Sin Advantage was the name of the company that I started. For Diwali, we decided to give out these yoga bars as healthy sweets, and everybody came back asking for more. I'm like, I think this idea is going to work. And then after that point, I did one more test, and I took it to a couple of yoga studios in Bangalore, and everyone was like, you know, and and the owner of the yoga studios, it was a, it was called a Thousand Yoga, and they had twelve studios. He's like, I want this in all the yoga studios. So I'm just like, maybe it's time that you know India is going to start thinking about eating healthy. So. We're talking way back in 2014 when people used to still say that India may taste him bigta hai, health kaha bigta hai kind of thing. So we were the first completely natural, very clean ingredients made from a kitchen, like the way you would make for your family. It's really how we started. Wow! And so talk me through a little bit of that journey, right? So you were with bakers, and like, did you finally? How did you get the final ingredient right? How did you get the final? Uh, I think it was a lot of trial and error, Shandu. We definitely knew what we wanted to put in and what we wanted to keep out. Okay. And at that point in time, we know that India is like manufactured, like 
there's also this thing, right? Like what really motivates people? And we wanted to use indigenous grains. So we used a lot of the Amaranth at that point of time. We used the millets. We used Ragi. We used all of that. Amaranth is Rajgira, right? Rajgira. Okay, okay. Yeah. And we used a lot of the ancient grains and millets and all of that. And we kind of sweetened it with dates. We kind of, you know, put in a lot of seeds and nuts and all of that. And we knew the ingredients that we would keep in and the ingredients that we would keep out. And well, then, what did you keep out for them? No preservatives, no colors, no artificials, no compound chocolate, um, no e-numbers, no any of that. So okay. literally, the cleanest product that you can make in your kitchen. You should be able to recreate the product in your kitchen. The only reason you're buying it from me is because of my scale. I'll be able to give it to you much cheaper than you would be able to make it yourself. Correct. So that was... And I'm a discerning customer. Like I've historically always, if if you can sell something to me, you probably have a really good product. Because because yeah. I don't buy much. Like I I'm just somebody who buys exactly what I need. So it has to seem valuable even for me as a consumer. And that's how I would think about consumers. Like, um, would they pay this kind of money to buy this product? Um, so it has to make sense. So it's, it's it's it has to be healthy. It has to be tasty. It has to be affordable. Okay. So so all of that. So it's a lot of iterations. Like. Okay, so what are the products that you gave to your on Diwali or into your... your Most of our date-based and millet-based bars. So we would just clean wrap it, make the bars in our oven. My mother would sit with me at night, clean wrap the whole thing. Then we had these, you know, uh, gold boxes that used to come ready-made. Pack it in packs of, boxes of 10 and just give it out as Diwali. But no branding at all. Nothing. Yeah, and we wrote one yoga bar sticker. There was like a yoga pose sticker and we would just do that just put the sticker right on top in the label and that's how we would do it wow and then so then uh, this is very interesting right because it, I can draw a lot of parallels with what we did as well uh, and then when did it formally start like when did you say I'm not going to do Finnet what happened to Finnet Does that still exists still exists still a shareholder okay done well I mean I think now it's about 200 250 people Okay, and being run by a CEO and all of that. No, no, so uh, it, it was four of us on KPMG who actually started it. So the other partners continue to run it. Okay, and then how did you decide that, okay, I'm now going to leave Finn Advantage and do this full time? And when did An- Anand join? Yeah, so it was at the time where Kaval commented. He got three friends together and then that quantum of money went from 15 lakhs to 75 lakhs. It became a very meaningful amount of money. And then I said, listen, I think maybe you should come back to India. And then Anandita also came back in 2015, okay. you know. And then when Kaval had already got his set of friends who also were really excited about the idea. I think the more people read about Kind Bars, they were like, Yoga Bars is an even better kind of brand name. So let's see where these guys... I think for Kaval, the interest was not so much healthy food as much as with, what can you do with a brand like this, you know. I think it was, a, it was the Unilever marketer in him that said that there's lots that can be actually not of yoga. So. But why Yoga Bar? Because you guys are doing yoga? Because you want a health halo around it? Health, well, at the same time, not preaching health, you know, like for me, and people often ask me this and I say, you know, when I put a yoga bar product in front of you, what do you feel? And most people say that it makes me happy. So for me, yoga is about being a better version of yourself every day. And that's how I look at it. Like every day, what can I do to make myself a little happier? What can I do? Like, I think the, the whole spectrum of possibilities of tomorrow, like, I love it. Like, I just love the fact that tomorrow can be very different from today and tomorrow can be so influenced by the choices that you make today. Um, and we bring that out in our packaging. Like if you see like a lot of the yoga stuff on our packaging would be like the most beautiful thing that you see today will be in the mirror. Or it'll say something like um, the only hero that you need is yourself or stuff like that. Right? Like for me, yoga was more about, for, for me itself personally in life, 
uh, has always been about how can you be a really good version of yourself. Like, and that journey takes very, very long. It could take a lifetime, you know, but, but you're making progress every day. And I think, I don't know if I'm articulating it, um, but I think somehow I, I feel like with our packaging and the vibrant colors that we have and, 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 you know, the way we communicate about this whole positivity, I think, I think somewhere my idea of yoga has got translated. Yeah, I think wow. so. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So what are the first, what are the, like, and so you register, I'm going to be go in very granular details. Yeah. So you registered the company, mm. got the yoga bar trademark into the company. In 2012, transferred into the company. company and then Kaval and two, three friends of his came. Yeah. And your sister was an investor. Yeah. And my sister, my eldest sister was an investor. And then the second one joined. Came and joined. Yeah. Then how was, like, how was it from day one to day 365? Yeah. So I think in FMCG Shatnu, the worst thing you can actually pick is food. And I, within food, the worst thing that you can pick is health. I'm a, like, especially after I've started doing this Amura thing, right? Yeah. I have started becoming a lot more conscious about stuff that is in processed food. And some of this stuff blows me away. Yeah, I mean, like, for instance, fruit juices aren't really fruit juices, or jams aren't really jams, or ketchup isn't really tomato, or all of that, right? Like I saw the other day, I, there's a guy on Instagram who puts up like, here's the reality about food, and you probably know this better. He showed something about Kisan, Kisan, fresh tomato. The guy who's talked about the holics as well. Oh, he's, he's done, done a bunch. Yeah, he's done a bunch. But some of his stuff is like, it's well researched. Yeah. I think it's clear. I don't think he's. What is that? He's what is that? Oh, wow. I think he's also ex McKinsey. Ex McKinsey. Yes, so, there was one about Kisan that kind of stood out, which is the brand of ketchup. I have no idea how concert. Yeah. And then, brand of ketchup is called fresh tomato. And it ha- doesn't have. They have fresh tomato and the Should justification is. First to second in yeah. And the justification is fresh tomato is the brand, not the claim. Yeah. It's okay if we don't have fresh tomato. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. If that's the bar everyone has on consumer. Yeah. But but I'll tell you a corollary to that though, Shantanu. And, I, and I'll tell you, this is classic India, right? By that analogy, yoga bar should have eaten everyone alive. Yeah. We should have eaten Kellogg's. We should have eaten every single competitor out there. Because... Literally, our packaging says 83 to 92% whole grain nuts and seeds. After we changed our packaging, like Kellogg's went ahead and changed their packaging. Mm-hmm. So we're literally saying 83 to 92% whole grain nuts and seeds was our muesli. We should have taken the market, but we didn't. I mean, it's still a, I mean, it's still a journey for us to do it. Our chocos, Kellogg's is 60% maida. Our chocos is completely millet and dal. We've extruded millet and dal. We don't, it's a gluten-free product. But the process of, but spectacular products don't an FMCG company make. It's also getting the right messaging. It's also being at your job for 40 years, continuously investing marketing, marketing dollars. It's, you can't assume that one day you'll create a, it's a product that's just so well differentiated and the next day you're going to hit a thousand pros in revenue. It just doesn't happen. But, because with Yoga Bar, literally like, and people, the People always felt like the brand was far ahead of its sales and they were like, we don't believe it's only doing that much. And I would yeah. be like, yes, it's an exceptional product, but you have to get so many things right to get to a thousand crore business. It's not going to happen by just having the tastiest or the best muesli. It's just yeah. not going to happen. It's not like tomorrow you'll have the best product and you're going to take everyone else's market. No, it doesn't happen like that. So coming back, you said key food is the hardest category within energy and within that health is the hardest subcategory. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
if we had put the same kind of effort, and I'm sorry, I'm not taking away your thunder, <laughs> but if we had put the same amount of effort in creating a clean labeled personal care brand, we would have been far, far ahead. Simply because the gross margins are better. Yeah. Simply because you can get away with not making perfect products. Yeah. With food, you we our repeat rates are 70% because we've never run a marketing campaign. The strength of the company or like however we've grown has grown purely because we made a product promise very, very early on. We were the first ones to do it. And we kind of stay within the affordability spectrum. I mean, ideally, where I would like to be is to, you know, have five rupees bars or 10 rupees bars and feed feed India healthy, you know, like that. And that's my objective. Like for me, the true happiness will come like when everybody's replacing their biscuits, for instance, with like a small millet bar or something like that, right? right? But I think Parleji, for example, you're right. I think that's the India we talked to, right? The five rupee Parleji pack is all the carbohydrates that I think an eight-year-old child needs for I mean, two of those packs is all the carbs that an eight-year-old child full day. needs, right? For the whole day. And you get it for five bucks yeah. or six bucks. Or, yeah. And then Tiger came in and so on. And of course, you can make the argument that that's all maida and sugar. Yeah. But you know what? For, it's been a brilliant product. For an eight-year-old in India who, who lives in a household where the daily income is 300 rupees. What else can you do? It's absolutely fine because at least covers a large part of the nutrition of that child. I mean, the energy nutrition. Yeah, which which comes back to the first question you asked me. I, I feel like with food, it's so hard. I don't have the heart to criticize anybody because I feel like that journey has been so difficult for everyone to make a dent. And if it's meaningful to the consumer and if the consumer is making that choice, it's moving moving the categories forward. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I, I genuinely think, for example... Food, especially large company food brands in India, have not been the most, uh, have been disingenuous with information. That I agree. That I agree. The more I see a lot of this content, yeah, yeah. That I agree. the more I see, you know, yeah. I think the, the balance of values and profit yeah. is not an easy balance to make. Yeah. And with, with personal can again, like, I know the, the, the parallels are not apple orange, but... It doesn't cause as much damage. It doesn't. You give me a poem, I mean, give me a moisturizer that's stickier than required, I'll wipe it off. Yeah. But you give me something to ingest on a daily basis where you're trying to give me habit through sugar, yeah. then I don't know. Like, for example, it's it's bizarre to me yeah. that ice cream is sold as frozen and then have dairy in it. I found this out very recently. Oh, really? I did not know this. Yeah. I would like belt ice cream. I love ice cream. Yeah. I love chocolates. I found out that two largest brands of chocolate in India don't have any milk in it. Yes, They're not dairy perhaps. Yeah. I just found out that India's largest pizza brand does not use cheese or cheese on its pizza. Yeah. They use it. emulsifier or whatever. Yeah. I was like, what? I love the pizza. Like, I love it because it tastes great. Yeah. But it has got, it has nothing. It's not like cheese plus something. It is zero cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, no. I see what you're saying. I, I do think that people has to have to be a lot more honest. Yeah, but but the but the difficulty on this side, and having been like the first truly clean ingredient, and you know, like being so early in this journey, it's been like it's very, very hard, very hard, very hard. And we were the first I'm one. I'm sure tempted to like kind of put preservatives, increase shelf life, put sugar, increase repeat rates. No, Shanta, I don't know. Somehow for me, like that principle that if my kid can't eat it, nobody else can eat it. Like, I'm, and I told you this, like even before, like you could do like a blind audit today and you will not find anything on the shelf. Like if it's good enough for my family only, then it's good enough for you. 
I'm not going to feed you something that my my that I don't think is good enough for people at my house to eat. You know, and that principle for me is very clear. If it's not going into her tiffin box, it can't go into anybody else's. Mm. Um, but but I like my food to make me happy. It's not like with my muesli, I'll put the mangoes, I'll put like everything, and I'll it's it's it's, it's I'll also personalize it to create. You know, so it for me, health and taste is both important. I don't want I don't want to be eating thinking that you know, oh my god, like food is also for me almost meditative. Like I really like eating a really nice bowl of smoothie in the morning. I like eating my bars. I like, and it, 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 yeah. So, so I'm not like I'm. I'm not like going to be. There is going to be zero sugar products, and those days will come. But for today, I'm okay. If the sugar comes from a good source, I'm okay. We need for energy. So, like, we use jaggery, we use dates or whatever. I'm, I'm okay with that. No, I completely. I think, I think good sugar, good fructose, um. Uh, the fact that you replace maida with millets, yeah, and sugar with dates and jaggery, yeah, and that you are honest about it's eighty-three to ninety-two percent, yeah, and you say something like that, it looks authentic. Yeah. You know, there's a range here. Yeah, you don't say up to ninety-two percent because now I think consumers are able to look past yeah. brands being over smart, yeah. right? So the yoga bar for me always was, you know, where I used to buy it the most. Yeah. I used to buy it at the Delhi Street. At T three, the Delhi Street oh, shop at T three. Mean relay? Yeah, must be. Is it relay? Yeah, the relay stores. T three pay yeah. when you are going past that, yeah. and then the the gates ka doors come. Yeah. Like here, say thirty seven onwards and all. There's that place where you yeah. would get a book, a bottle of water. Yeah. And the food court is upper, which I never wanted to go to because yeah. it's like I have to climb the escalator. Yeah, I would do the same. Like even for me, like every time I'm traveling today, I'm traveling. There'll be three bars, and I'm okay with that. You know, like I know that I'm not getting the vegetables, but. It's fine. Like I'll compensate for it at some point in time. Yeah. The first. But me, I mean, but that journey is really hard, Shan. Like I'm, I'm sort of not articulating how hard it is to deliver an exceptional product, to still have to build offline sales, to still communicate, and to still be very, very controlled with money because we raise a lot of money. Like unlike most. How much did you raise? Like through through your journey. So up until the time that we did the strategy, so seventy-five lakhs was the cowl and the gang, yeah, the Indian gang. Yeah, and then another. So I tell you the total. I mean, I'll come to the. So we raised about seventy crores of cash, out of which we set up a state-of-the-art facility for twenty crores. Okay. So we technically we've used about fifty crores to create this company. Wow. And now we've done the strategic partnership where we, we'll, you know, use the benefit of distribution, etc. So when you say temptation, there's temptation to do so many things. Yeah. There is temptation to lo- launch chocolate. There's temptation to launch chips. There's temptation to, you know, um, go offline distribution and like just spread the market. There's temptation. So many different things. So you have to stay true to who you are and where you stand. Um, so you have to make calculated decisions with respect to money. You have to make calculated decisions with respect to what the brand should do and not do. You have to make calculated decisions for everything. Yeah, but it's they're hard. They're so Very hard. hard. I but cannot imagine because Antipan yeah. is inherently so competitive. I want to be the best food brand, and I'll do anything that I need to do to get there. Right? Like so, everyone's inherently that competitive. So you also want to make sure, and you know, like the metrics for VCs is, is none of them have really sold a brand or created a brand themselves. So the temptation is always revenue first. Yeah. Loss kuch bhi karo, like just just do revenues or you know take more money if you need to take more money, but. But as entrepreneurs and and you know, mind like when we sold to ITC, we we still controlled the company. We were fifty percent shareholders. So for me, like everything is a balance. How much of the 
And only when you have that kind of control structure can you kind of define what the brand will do and not do and all of that, right? So let 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 it's such a such a, so you're talking about two things, right? One is the balance of what you sell to your consumers under the brand yoga bar, hmm. which is we want to be a clean eating, healthy uh, company in this category, which hmm. means we will not do, we will not put more than X sugar, we will not put more than X uh, maida, etc. And those, those guardrails are very well defined. Hmm. The second thing you're saying is we will not go into other categories until we feel that we have the right to do it. So, I know you entered in the serial space, but I think it was very thoughtfully done. Yeah. At the right time. Shantar, we were the only company that did bars for six years. Two years before we incorporated the company and four years after that. So 2020 was our first launch outside of bars because we first wanted to perfect the bars. And the muesli has been in the works for almost two years. We've tested the market from 2018. We formally launched 2020 end. And it's not like entrepreneurs sitting here, don't know the cycle, launch karo. It's very easy to get the first set of sales. Repeat sales yeah. is what matters. Not getting returns from your distributors is what matters. Stable sales, that's a concept. Okay. Like what is your net stable sales? If you didn't market, how much of all of these products would sell and how much would consumers come back and you know Buy. keep buying? So in food, you have to get every single product category, right? So we've taken really crazy amount of time to kind of perfect the perfect product for each category. I can hands down say today like we probably have the best muesli in the market. We have the best bars in the market. We have, when we did our oats, zero emulsifiers, three times the vegetables, no salt. If you're selling a heart healthy product, you better well watch the salt. You know? yeah. And we were very conscious about the way we created each, sing each single category. And even though we have the best products in each category, I would still say sales is hard. It's it's a very difficult job. Was it hard because, um, and which is what you said before, which is at some point when you reduce, all of these things are put in by large companies or by brands mm. because they make the taste so much better. Mm. Right? At some point did you feel, especially in products like bars, which people... I think most people in India will kind of confuse a bar use case to a chocolate use case. Yes. And then that's the bar of taste for some reason, right? You'll never cross. And you'll never meet it. You're you're doing solving something different there, but because of the form factor, it's like in a no, plastic no, no, as if no, you'll see that India's energy bar is actually Snickers. Yeah. You're right about that. And Snickers also I think markets itself has Yeah, because they have the peanuts and they put the almonds and they put like hungry kya. Like if you are doing it as a meal replacement, chocolates are chocolates as an as a category is not a meal replacement; it's an indulgence. Yeah. But Snickers occupies that classic position as a meal replacement. But you have to fight against all of these things, and I and also Shantanu the classic choice of not raising too much money. Yeah. We always had the choice to raise it, but I felt like, and I've seen this happen in food. I haven't seen it happen in personal care. The accountant in me spends copious amounts of time with financial statements. So our financial statements read like a beautiful story. Um, I've read everybody's financials. And in food, actually having excess money is the downfall of a brand. If yeah. you have excess money, you don't rectify the things that are not working. Because you have to remember, the investor's job is to completely ensure that the valuation is increasing. And as a food company, unlike a personal care company, 
your repeats you can only have great food companies if your repeat rates are really really high yeah even if you think about an ashirwad atta you think about a dark fantasy biscuit or you think about parley or you think about cadbury's or you think about dambar shan prakash or you think about the ani they are all food is a market where you need to take category and you can't be doing like 200 different things and expect that you will keep showing sales by entering new new categories send the first lot to your distributors raise the next amount of money then rectify your problems then raise the next amount of money it doesn't work like that in food you don't have that much of time because food is perishable yeah especially healthy food that's the other problem our food lasts for 4 to 6 months so within that time frame you have to make sure that the market someone's consuming more very small you know so food's really hard wow and did you ever like were you tempted to you do personal care no 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 not personal care but <laughs> were you tempted to increase a life by doing things that were against your principles or in the gray area no shanna I, i think that that if i'm not feeding my fa- i mean that the, you know you if you stick to some broad principles for me like at the end of the day you have to i mean sleeping with a clear conscience is equally important it's more important in fact so i don't want to do things that at the end of the day i feel like you know it just doesn't feel right some things just don't feel right and and, and that's valuable it's with it's valuable to feel like you did the right thing you know but tell me a little bit about how i want to kind of go deeper in the business right so expanded from what how many skews of bars did you have different sizes yeah. and different flavors in the in the venue started When we started also we had the 40 rupees bar so we just launched the snack bar okay we launched this one okay. um and after that we launched the breakfast bar after 2 years which was a 50 rupees bar okay but then we also realized that the category was completely protein bar consumers and people used to use it for a workout so we launched like the cleanest 20 gram protein bar because at that point time we had only one other competitor which was a very different kind of product which was so right bite was you know right bite kind of category. yeah and that was a heavily gym audience kind of bar. and we realized that the category was also there and you can't ignore those consumers so how can you make a clean 20 gram protein bar so protein bar and two like breakfast bars and snack bars and the breakfast bar was made on the premise that listen if you can get a healthy breakfast at home go ahead and eat it like if you're getting like nice home cooked food but there are enough of us who because you have the morning meeting or like you need to rush out or whatever uh-huh. this is the next best thing it's the healthiest packaged breakfast that you will get If you're getting fresh food, eat your fresh food. But one bar is enough, like yeah, eight grams of protein, seven grams of fiber, just whole grain. It's like think about it, like taking a lot of grains and nuts and seeds and just compressing it into a bar. That's all. And it's very minimally processed, by the way. So and and was it only online to start with, or was it, did you guys do? Online? Actually, we were only an offline company. Okay. So entirely offline company, hundred percent offline. Okay. And then we decided, uh, and then we just raised a round from elevation. When was this? We raised from Elevation just pre-COVID, um, 2019. 2019. Okay. And then our head of e-commerce decides to go and join Kellogg's, and I'm sitting at home. And then, and then finally, my husband comes and rescues me. He's like, Aditya had just sold his company to Practo a few years ago, and then he was like, Listen, this is important to you. I'll do it. So he came in as a co-founder, and the online thing just took off because I feel like the COVID, beauty, right? yeah, COVID and also the impression. Somebody who thinks digital first and thinks online first and is a tech guy brings a whole different way of thinking. You know, it's it's a completely different way of thinking. So he kind of like pieced together everything with respect to online, created a proper brand book. So everything's documented, very process driven. So you know, like we also work 
literally everything's now like very project driven. Yeah. So, so all of that, I think, and then it became my sister, me and Aditya working together to kind of like, and then, the, and, and then post COVID, once COVID settled down, then things have been really good. Understood. So, when, when, before COVID hit, or before Aditya joined, what was your online offline split? We didn't have online. Online was at 10%, offline was 90%. Oh, 90 offline, 10 online, is it? How did you build out the distribution? For offline? Yeah. Um, so we we still restricted ourselves to only 4,000 stores. And largely, I used to go sit in front of the retailer's offices in Bombay. Yeah. I know every retailer. Like even today, when anybody from my team goes, they're like, yeah, we meet, we've met Suhasni. So all those 4,000 stores, like handpicking, doing the route plan, doing everything. And that's what it, what I mean from point zero to 2020, 2015 to 2020, we knew each and every store. Like I knew exactly how much my categories sales was, how much was yoga bar sales, what was my market share in each of those stores. Which, what kind of stores were these? All over India? Yeah, all over India. About like 20, I mean, largely concentrated, 90% was in eight cities. Okay. And like were these like the railways of the world? No, like even the Namdaris of the world or the NK retails or like the the standalone supermarkets were also there. Okay. But did you ever go to the standard distribution to Kirana or that? I mean, we used distributors to facilitate the sales, but the sales stores were all selected by us. But you, you didn't go to like the like the wholesale neighborhood? No, the neighborhood Kirana store, for example. Why not? Because it's expensive. You have to have a lot of... You know, the way offline distribution works is you either have to take a call to invest... 40, 50 crores, create your entire route plan and feet on street and, you know, mark everybody. And then you don't do uh, 5,000 stores. Then you do 40,000 stores. Correct. To recover that cost, you need 40,000 stores. But was Yoga Bar as a brand, as a category there? It takes a lot of humility to accept that, listen, I might think I'm really great, but let's be honest, it's more likely that these 6,000 stores, the consumers going there will know me. That was the right call for the business. Yeah, but we also in food, the other thing, Chandra, is you can't do D2C. With a 40% gross margin product, D2C is negative contribution on day zero yeah. and will always be negative contribution. D2C only works when you have gross margin of 70 plus percent. So or selling D2C for a food brand, you will never be, you will bleed money. Unless, unless your AOV is like massively high. Which is kind of, like knowing the Indian consumer, yeah. they're not going to be buying that kind of. Like Federal Rocher, I can imagine if they have like a global Federal Rocher kind of a sort I could imagine I'm not sure I agree with you yeah uh, you know that Japanese Nama chocolates right no I don't know Oh, no, I mean they're delicious like Nama chocolates are really delicious 2000 rupees for a box and what people who buy it will always buy it because they have this very sweet spot of saying 90 calorie pieces like 30, 90 calories per piece and once you've eaten one piece of it like you've felt like you've eaten the most indulgent beautiful desert ever what do you say yeah yeah so Nama uh, yeah how do I spell that M-A-M-A N-A-M-A Okay. Even they find it unprofitable to do D2C sales. Because? Because you have to send it chiller packs, frozen, um, and all of that. So food is really hard. Like having a standalone D2C store for food. Yeah. Makes- I mean, is a VC's hallucination. <laughs> Literally. Like it doesn't exist. It cannot exist. You, you said 2018, you... Decided that, okay, we need to go beyond bars. Yeah. But we'll do bars till 2020. And 2020 is when the formulation for the muesli became... We did it from 2018. So two years into the formulation, we were like, right, where we have the right product. We... we One product or were again, multiple kinds two. of flavors? Just the dark chocolate and the fruit and nut. Okay. And, uh, and the no sugar muesli. No sugar means no, like zero sugar, which means the diabetes 
a person with diabetes can actually have it. Too. Really? Yeah, yeah. No sugar means no sugar. No dates, no nothing. Zero sugar means zero sugar. Zero added sugar, zero total sugar. Wow. So, uh, so we launched these three products. And all the three did really well. Like that product, the repeat rate, we knew we had a winner. Like the minute we saw repeat rates were 75%, we knew that that product would really scale. And then with that peanut butter, the product was very well accepted. The form factor, because I felt like there was an error in judgment. We were overconfident about our design. Okay. Uh, I felt like we should have. It's not an easy problem to solve, especially when you run the factories yourself. Correct. Because all the factory lines and all of that was designed by us. So hardcore, right? Done by people with no background on food. Wow. We run everything ourselves. Like So when I was telling you we raised 80 crore, 20 crores went towards building out a facility as well. Did you, didn't you hire experts in the food space? I mean, no. What? Short answer, we, you can get experts for some part of it. Like somebody can look at your facility and say, the drains need to be done here. But you will realize that the experts cost is like 150 crores in state-of-the-art facilities, what they'll give you. You don't have that kind of money. You have to figure out, everybody will tell you, buy the most expensive German machine. Because those experts are used to dealing with MNCs who have those kind of capital budgets. Correct. With companies like us, you have to make sure it's automated and you have to make sure it's run. So we should literally design the lines. Like there was a time when we spent one and a half months in Coimbatore because we got a chicky guy to actually kind of design the entire bar line, make modification and run the line on all of that. Coming back to, I think, our earlier point, you're right. Building food is hard. And uh, we, <laughs> you said you could have spent time building a bustle guy company. Honestly, completely agree with you. I think it's sort of a drop corollary to what we did at Bombay Shaving Company and you asked me this question before. He, am I happy with the way things turned out? Yeah. Yes. For the most part, yes. But we made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. We made a lot of mistakes, right? So, I don't think we realized quite as early as we should that premium shaving was just a small market. Category, category sizing, pretty much. It was a small market. Like, yeah. we just believed the market is big because we, we defined the market. We yeah. never defined the market. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Either you should be standing for 100 years to define the market, then you can take that position. Yeah. Or you must have put in shitload of money or you have to be brilliant like Apple. They're the only three ways you can actually do it. Our investors, we have a company called Reckit Benkiza. Yeah, Reckit. Right? The Reckit. The Reckit. Very unique approach to building the market. And Ali was on the episode, said this. Said that, even when I met Rakesh Kapoor, their global former CEO, he said, why aren't you launching shaving gels? So the market is small. Indian consumer wants shaving cream or shaving foam. They don't want gel. Both are to foam me kyu lad rahe ho tum Gillette or Nivea or Bijam ke saath. Gel me jao or number one player. Wana chota wana hai. Ki to kya hoa? Visa na to bada market hoga na? Yeah. So would you rather be a 50% market share and a big market in 20 years? Yeah. Or a 10% market share and a large market today? Bleeding money. So I said it's a good question. I just don't know how to answer it. Because if the market is small today, then I don't have the confidence to play in it. The idea of the story of Harpik. So, toilet cleaning in India was to be an acid and phenyl game. Hmm. Okay? Pre-91-92. Rekit said, cleaning your toilets needs to be, like Harpik has to come in. They had a great formulation. Hmm. And their point of view was, the need is clear. 
will get the price right. That we are confident that the last company will get the price right. But let's elevate the price. Hmm. Because the moment we launch something like Harpeck and do a lot of marketing around it, five competitors will come in and they'll anchor around our price. If they anchor around our price, then we'll have, all of us will have a large profit pool. Hmm. So this premium market, chota jahan pe market bana sake, uspe bhi price high karo. Both counterintuitive moves by. Yeah. But then they said, this is a 30 year game. Yeah. You have to play the long game. Twice a month, yeah. at 8 in the evening when everyone's having dinner, we will show toilet cleaning on television ads for the next 30 years. Wow. And today, Harpik is what Harpik is. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I had the courage to do that with shaving gels. I just don't. Yeah. But that's it, Shantanu. Like for consumer, how can you, like, if you really had to summarize it, how can you be that habit at home? And do you have that patience to play the game until you're that habit at home? That's really it. Like, if you're not a habit, you're not. You can't do a consumer play. You just can't. Your products have to stand for something that consumers think about you. And in an, you know, I, I used to have this. Like, I would rather. I want to be in a place where people, when they go and ask for energy bar, they say, "Can I have a yoga bar?" Even if it's another brand. That used to happen in Bombay. Like, because we were so early on, even if people wanted to pick our competitor, they would be like, can I have a yoga bar? Because yoga bar became synonymous with a natural energy bar. bar. And you would much, tra- that's when you feel like you can play that long, it's not, people think that in the US, people, I mean, health food has just taken off. Cliff Bars is a 40 year story. Kind Bars, the guy has been doing it from the 1990s. And everybody had that hockey stick growth at one point because they were able to fix something, you know. So and something happened. Something like, happened. There's, a, there's a eight to twelve quarter period where yeah. things kind of switch for categories. Switch for categories, right? But you absolutely have to play the long game. Did you ever think that you should like you should have like do you think selling at this right at, at, at the at at because you're right, this is a hundred year journey. Yeah. You guys were seven, eight years old. Yeah. So it's a long time for you guys to put in. Yeah. But did you ever feel that you don't do it? You will make it a little bit for 10-20 years. Especially given what we spoke about, right? You're the kind of founder who doesn't... You're, you're, you're a frugal founder. You're, you know, you don't have a lot of requirements in life yeah. and so on. Yeah. Shant, no, I'll answer that question too. Is that decision actually can't be made after you take somebody's money. It has to be made before you take somebody's money. Today when I do my next venture, I probably will not take any money from anybody because I know it will be the long game. I will do it at my pace. I will do what's right for the consumer at every point of time. And now you can finance it without... And now you can finance it, right? I came from a background where my student loans were still sitting. You know, I used to take a bus to Majestic to find out the price of raw material and ingredients. And my mother used to be like, all your friends, you know, have, you know, have settled down. Like they have like a house, they have a car. Look at you. I mean, she didn't mean it in a bad way. She was just saying like, but you're not in a place where you can fund a business. Not that she, I mean, she was completely appreciated my choices she was even clean wrapping the bar but I'm saying you cannot make the choice after you take somebody's money because when you've taken that money you know that it's an eight-year journey for them yeah um so it's impossible to actually at that point of time decide that you know I'm going to do this lifelong and you know we'll see what, where it goes I also think I got the right partner I'll be very honest um and I said this to ITC multiple times you know like I've always you always feel that little bit jittery. will they take care of it I felt like because ITC is the kind of company that has built brands from scratch and they were very late in the journey, 
there are a dozen entrepreneurs and they know the playbook of how to take a really good product and create it into a really large company and i feel like it's just gone into the right hands like i feel like like i was telling you right like 100 years later it will probably be one of the largest brands in their portfolio which means that the brand is going to stay for 500 years long after my time so and beyond a point shantanu right? and we all know this entrepreneurs right it's money is a way to keep score for a short period of time legacy matters and i'll say that my brand's going to last very very long yeah. and that's a very good place to be uh, you've also done very well with food very well with food and is it atta dark fantasy sunfeast sunfeast madang like uh, bingo bingo yippee yippee they've done very well with food so I, and breakfast is not there in their portfolio and they love the brand they just love the brand so i i feel like i mean inherently there are also people who are quite very relationship driven you know like i felt like very indian in the way they approach things very i don't know i i just felt like it found its right home was it were they quick i honestly felt calcutta based and you know kind of want them and it's aggressive and like i feel like i come there and i'm like i i i thought like people who work in corporates like have it easy i'm like these guys no. calling me every sunday literally i'm like sunday to dedo like literally right like i they are on their job like for them as a unit and 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 this shocks me about such a large conglomerate and i've said this to a couple of people i met over there you know like i feel like you prioritize the company even more than you prioritize your own family yeah. and how do you develop a culture where people put the company before everything else like how does that happen like i i can't do that with yoga bar like if my daughter needs me she needs me you know like i won't put my family but i see like an itc and these are dozens of people i've met like they're so company first and it's spectacular for a company of that size to create a culture where people feel they are so indebted to an organization i think that's a, I, i think it's beautiful actually did the tobacco overhang make you skeptical given your health business um so my husband like aditya put it really nicely he's like you are taking a lot of this money to do good for people and that's how you should think about it huh. um and of course they have surplus cash sitting because of tobacco um and this is the right way to channel that money you'd rather have this money going into improving health right so um i mean did it cross my mind the honest answer is yes but but it's okay because they're using that money to do something much better and i feel like itc also i think they internally also go a little bit you know do a little bit more with csr and all that just because of the tobacco overhang right like yeah. that's the legacy of the company there's nothing there's nothing that you can do about history yeah. what you do with the future is what counts you can't write off what has been but you can shape what is going to be and that's how you kind of well, yeah, it's cool it is a group but look at the quality they have in for example their hotels yeah it's outstanding yeah outstanding and how do you run such different businesses and run it all so well you know yeah. with that level of aggression so i i i know this guy called uh, pl rajesh yeah yeah we worked together on a bunch of things he he, he used to um, talk to a pe fund like he's the mentor for a pe fund correct advent advent so advent. he and i worked together on advent so i work on with uh, with advent like one or two days a month got it on their consumer stuff so that's where we are interacted um again just such a yeah hardcore guy like such a hardcore guy and you will always find an itc and so to speak speak with such passion about itc yeah. now i can understand a founder and like founders initial team having that kind of conviction 
but multiply that into like 70,000 employee organization feeling so strongly about something i mean it's remarkable it's an amazing finishing school it's one of the best recruiters at iits yeah. at iims like and people who join us 21 22 year olds go to factories they have supply chain stints they have marketing stints and then they just stay like yeah. people in iits just don't leave they just stay like honestly shankar like after i've met people there we hired our head of operations xitc our cbo we said we want somebody from itc to move there like honestly i'm thinking like the next company i do i should ask people over there who wants to do it with me <laughs> i had this on record but yeah literally right like because they are just so well groomed and as a culture they really work hard no for sure you know? so for sure let's come back to your journey um, uh, so asking in terms of people right so it's very clear that you started something in a category which was limiting on gross margin clearly a repeat so product development cycles were longer um distribution was difficult because of shelf life issues uh, so mostly offline in which case you have to be very clear about returns so limited also aov was smaller i'm assuming your aovs would have been 100 oh, bucks yeah i mean between 50 to 100 bucks yeah, i was assuming yeah. which is small aov except for muesli which is much much but uh, if if you like an average out a purchase of yoga wow 200 200 bucks right so it's still very low so you okay, acquire a lot of customers to get the same amount of revenue um how was it uh, in terms of how you and ananuddha kind of split uh, responsibilities your relationship with each other i think when family members whether it's yes. husband wife or close friends or siblings or parent child yeah running a company is it's hard business it's hard business when you when you do it with family members it's really hard and right. you have to understand that even aditya was there right so there is aditya aditya like towards covid right yeah he came towards covid but but still like the journey for him has also been 5 years and it's the most aggressive part of the journey correct because it's it's literally elevations money came in which was when the company i will tell that one time it only raised 10 crores of capital so any outcome would have been great for your early set of investors right but once you take like 60 crores of serious capital into the business that at that point and the business has to deliver you know so so in in a lot of ways i think and, and even i guess you use it like the founder group is all the three of us like as family members and it's really hard because you also have to balance what's right what's right for each for each of y'all even in your personal relationship um so i think that balance the honest answer is people who want to optimize should actually not do business with family members while the trust factor is very very high and you will always know that you always have each other's back on a day to day business arguing with the people that you love the most even if it's for business is not the best for it's exhausting no? it's exhausting it's exhausting because a fight's not or a disagreement we don't, we don't really fight like we we're not people who raise our voices and we don't don't do that we have disagreements but we have active disagreements right um you feel bad about it you don't want to hurt somebody you you love it's just it's just that so yeah. and i think managing that is is really hard it's really how do you guys do it like Well, you must have been tricky because you had a husband and a sister, sister, right? Did uh, they get along very well? I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone gets along to the ex. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, well is relative. I don't know what the benchmark of well is, but um, as sisters, we are very close. Um, as husband and wife, you're also very close. Okay. So, um, and then there are certain. I mean, but you have to understand that I'm at the center. The, the closer relationship sits here, right? Yeah, you're the fulcrum of this. Right? But I'm good at navigating. Like I feel like. 
I'm very good at communicating very logically and in a very fair manner. Um, but it's still exhausting. I'm saying, would I make the choice to do it in the future? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really hard. I mean, uh, it, it adds another dimension of something that you need to take care of. Um, so, so from a from a point of view, but from a trust factor perspective, it's bang on. Like you don't have to worry at all. And and that I think is pretty important from a founder no, perspective. Sure. You know, has it got you guys closer? Yeah, I would say that. I think sisters in general also end up being closer. Um, and husband and wife, because Aditya and me have so much in common. Um, and we're very, um, and he's aggressive. So I've, I've learned, to, for me, like Aditya is more like a mentor. Like I've learned a whole new different way of doing business after he's here. Uh, and I feel like for my next gig, I know exactly how, like I would say he's pushed me towards being a very ambitious person. And that's the thing, Shantanu, all the men in my life have actually really pushed me to be the best version like pushed me and nudged me to do to, to be a bit more and as sisters in general you are very close like between the three of us we exchange whatsapp messages 10 times a day it's more than brothers would do so yeah. while brothers have like a certain amount of distance in the way they kind of like deal with each other even in terms of communicating sisters like zara dresses like you'll send each other five different clothes from zara and say do you want it or you will talk about Something, right? You would talk about your kids. You would talk about so many different things. So I would feel like sisters just, you're in each other's life all the time. So so I would say like those two relationships, I feel like I report to Aditya though. Like I feel like he's taken over this role where he just drives the organization towards a certain outcome. And I think he does a really good job of that. And with Ani and me, I feel like our roles and um, our skills are so complimentary, like that's what that. How did I divide the skills? So Ani's done a lot of the product and technical aspects of the business, like whether it's factory setup or whether it's like very, you know, like product driven. And I would do all the finance stuff. I would do all the fundraising. I would do a bit of the marketing. So all the sales job of where I need to convince a retailer or I need to kind of like do meetings with online retailers and the buyers and all of that, I would take that portion of the job. Do you guys ever step on each other's shoes? No, I th I think that that we didn't have a problem. Like we, I think the trust between the three of us was quite good. Like we absolutely trusted each other's roles. We have a point of view on some things that can be done differently, and we would voice it. But yeah. but nobody took each other's role. Like the, those were very well demarcated. It also was area of comfort. Like I would say that was naturally her area of comfort. This is naturally my area of comfort. That is naturally Aditya's area of comfort. And how are the how are the how do you manage? But I think how was it from elevation side from the on the board or um, would we could yeah like I would say from Deepak was Deepak 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 lovely guy no very like I sometimes I remember I, I told Deepak I'm like I think you need to be a bit more flashy <laughs> like I just feel like why don't you just show off a little bit you know like you you just stand like so different from every from all the other investors like but he's also extremely humble like he actually the thing that he reminds me a lot about my I mean he's not as old as my father but. There's a certain quality that's quite similar. I would say they treat people very equally. Like, I don't think Deepak would treat two individuals differently. And that's remarkable. I don't find so many people in that community treating people equally. And I'm not saying entrepreneur. I'm saying right from the person who drives your car to the person who serves you tea to the entrepreneur to your family or anybody. He treats people equally. And I think that's quite remarkable. He's a very respected yeah, and he doesn't say anything, like, not, not a peak speak, like, he doesn't sing his own praise or doesn't do anything, like. Yeah. And he was very understanding. When I when I told him, I'm like, Deepak, 
I think this is kind of like the right time. And and for him, Yoga Bar was doing really well, right? Like at that point of time. And he's like, you should pay money. Wait. We're not a hundred crores. Uh, around, I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, when Elevation put it in, I think we were at about 50, I think. 50 crores. 50, yeah. And you doubled the business and then you said, okay, fine, you know, yeah. now we now need to find a home for business. Yeah. But he was very understanding about it and all of that. And Kanan was from Fireside and Kanan and me shared a remarkable relationship. Like, I feel like he's sort of like being the mentor and guide. I, I think the outcome with ITC was heavily done by him, like all the heavy lifting. And uh, I think one remarkable thing, and this this will always stay in my life. Like, I feel like there was this one point where I felt uncomfortable with something in the negotiation. And I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, you stand to lose here. But I feel like I'm uncomfortable doing this. But you will really stand to lose if I decide to not do it. And he said, so asking, but I still need to advise you to do what is right for you. And go ahead and refuse. No problem. Like, go give, ahead and... Can you give me an example of what this was? It was a certain negotiation where there's a certain liability clause that I need to take on myself. Like, unlimited liability on myself. And I felt like I was being a bit uncomfortable on that. And, and, and I can understand from the buyer's standpoint because they are letting the promoters wholly run the business that it was right for them to ask it um, and I turned to Kanan and I said I don't know if this is standard or norm but I'm finding this a bit uncomfortable and I feel like the deal might not go through if I don't accept this clause and Kanan was like if you find it's not okay and you feel uncomfortable we'll back you like don't worry about it and I said but you stand to lose and at that point of time you know like ITC was the deal that we really wanted to close and he's like at the end of the day Sarsi, like our relationship is very long it's not about one deal or I also know you as a person and I want you to win. And I think that's remarkable. I, I feel like it would be a handful of people who would actually put your outcome over their own outcome. And he did that for me that day. And I will remember it all my life. That's amazing. He, was, he, and, he used to be on our board while Fireside was an investor in a publishing company. And uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I think Kanan was always... Always had, had the, had, always had a keen eye on interests in the sense... Yeah. How how do we balance interests? How do we be fair? Yeah. Um, he always wanted us to grow a lot faster than we were growing. Yeah. Because he used to come from, he used to come to Delhi. Yeah. Go to a Mama Earth board meeting. Yeah. And come to our board meeting and he would be like, you know, Mama Earth is doing this, Mama Yeah, he did that. And, I mean, that, yeah. But that kind of don't compare, please, it really is, don't. You need no pollution, learn from those guys. And yeah. You know what? To be honest. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the same thing. I want to say it like with you. I wish would have. I listened to him more, right? Like, I fully, yeah, yeah. I fully agree. I, and I, I, if you ask me what I would do differently now, and I feel like he did that to nudge me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yes, I wish I'd listened to him yeah. more because he told us about the gross margins as well. He said, "So, I think there's any like quick way by which you can do these small hacks, yeah. figure out a way to improve the gross margin." And I feel like, damn it, I should have listened. To him. <laughs> I feel, yeah, there are so many points where I. Where I felt at the time when he was telling me, I'm like, he's just finding fault and he's nitpicking. <laughs> but he was just, abs that was absolutely the right advice. Yeah, absolutely the right advice. I remember I was just in the board meeting and I'd be like, they're, they're not. but like I told you before, like, I'm envious of Varun. Like building a thousand crore business in the same amount of time with that kind of success um, and the, that kind of profile in terms of margin is incredible. And a lot, somehow we had a window into his business of course, Varun and I used to talk also, but yeah. Karan would tell us exactly what we should have been doing. Yeah, okay. Uh, we listened to some of it, but we didn't listen to a, a lot, lot of it. it. Yeah. And we, I always felt like, 
I always felt like you know that okay, we know we we probably there'll be a right time for this. Yeah. But today I think you're right. I think I sit back and I think that what he was telling was was probably right. No, but it's I find I mean it's great that Chandu, you can even say that you are in VS. Like mm-hmm. I I feel like most entrepreneurs would, and I, and I say said this to an so I was taking this flight once and there was another entrepreneur who was in that flight right and I was like I really don't want to sit next to you, and he's like why I'm like I don't make friends with entrepreneurs and he's like why. I'm like nobody is bloody honest. Like, <laughs> if you're sitting next to me, you're going to go on about how great your business is and how great your valuation is, and I want to hear none of it. You know, like <laughs> I feel like if you can have an honest conversation and tell me what's shitting with your business, yeah. I'll sit with you and I'll talk to you. But I'm going to hear none of it. I'm going to hear about how great you're doing, and I don't know how much of that is really honest. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you are at least able to openly admit I'm envious of Arun too. I think he has it all. Hello. Yeah, literally. Badi admi yar. Like you know, I I always try to look for faults in the guy. <laughs> Here in the Italy, like Mahawad Nee, Kya Mahawad. I feel like it. process, execution, right calls, made a very simple business very beautiful. He's done everything right. Like everything a, right. A a lot of time. I'll tell you what. So and he's super helpful, by the way, right? Yeah. Like I'm not even his close friend or anything, and I'm like the kind of person who keeps it. I mean, I'm usually good with relationships, but with him, I feel like he's so. Not accessible, yeah. but I would ping him every once in a while when I needed something, and his responses would come in five minutes. Like he would always reply, and he would be so prompt, and he would always help. You know, so yeah. I find like stand up human being. Yeah, like I, uh, you know, every time I would, every, I've, I've always kind, and entrepreneurs are competitive. I've always felt that he got lucky with some of his strategic calls. In terms of channel choices, in terms of product launches, in terms of category choices, brand name, etc. And then at some point during COVID, I realized this is not luck, man. Yeah, this much luck, luck is skill. Yeah, this much luck is skill. Yeah, luck seldom explains. We then look at Mamaearth independently, right? Just such a fabulous business. Yeah, absolutely. And the brand is very clear now. अभी तो मैं क्या करता हूँ? When I go to someone's house, it could be a relative, a guest, whatever. See how many products? बातों में जाके I will see. And there's yeah. always a Mamaearth shampoo or a, you know. Like my kid uses the toothpaste as well. So. Oh really? Yeah. No, I think they've done a phenomenal job. We do have some of their uh, you know alumni from Mamaearth. You can see like yeah. there are companies like Oyo, for example, where you know that the alumni will just You know, kind of work their socks off. Yeah. You know, Mama Earth will be very process oriented. Very process oriented. Very process. They know exactly. They'll, you know, email will come. Calendar invites are clear. They they have agendas for meetings on time. So, you know, you can see through them what yeah. Varun and Gazal have kind of done their organization. So, you're right. I think Karan is one of one of those. I think it'd be. Yeah. But he was just nudging. Like even now. He would tell me he's like make program management like a job like. The five things you want to achieve, make up like, and then I think it's coming from his experience with dealing with Mama. Yeah, for and sure. it's the right advice. It's absolutely the right advice. For sure, you also been an operator for such a long yeah. time. It's amazing, right? To have Kanan, who's an operator for such a long time, in companies like Dabur, for example, yeah. Unilever, like I think it was in Ponds, then Dabur. Amazing, like Dabur is such a good example of an Indian bond company which has done so well. Yeah, Dabur, Britannia, Parle, Marico. Yeah. In my mind, and I see of course, I see of course, it's a different yeah. game. But these four yeah. solid people in jail, yeah. and Deepak is just like a world class. We see, uh, he's just a very good human being. I don't, I mean, honestly, Shantanu, like people talk a lot about world class VCs, and I've seen a lot of them, and I feel like 
I've interacted with some of them. Like I remember the same guy who told me that at the size at which we were at, and we were already at about like 50 crores of business, told me you're too small and category will not work. Went and invested in a competitor one-tenth our size at 10x our valuation. And they are world-class VCs and made this folly multiple times uh, in the same category, but will continue to do it. Uh, who cares if somebody's a world-class VC? What I care about is a person sitting at that table respects me as an individual, will do the right thing by me and is a decent human being. And the fact that he is great at his job is good for the people who invested money with him. I, as an entrepreneur, expect respect, decency, intelligence in my board. And so long as a person is doing all of that. That's amazing. That's a very interesting point of view, which is, I don't care what your portfolio looks like. How are you in my company is yeah. what I completely agree. I completely agree. When the sale happened and you, you told Deepak and Kanan and between you, Anandita and Aditya guys decided that, okay, it's the right time for the company. Did you run a formal process with the banker and so on? Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, you always have to optimize for the outcome that you are gunning towards. And in a, in a strategic process, we should always run a formal process. And we had like multiple, like we also, even before we ran the process, the, we, we didn't naturally think we should run the process. We had so many inbound. Yeah. We had three people reaching out to us before we even thought about strategic. Three people wanted to buy out the brand much before we it hadn't even crossed our mind. And then we said, maybe we should start thinking in that direction because distribution is not going to be easy to build. Yeah. And then you chose ITC because of relationship? Yeah, because they were so aggressive and their deal construct was very attractive. Their deal construct is very, very attractive. It's very, very... How long did it take for you guys to showcase them the business? Like, did they do a diligence and then they... Oh, again? God, they were so thorough, Shantanu. Like, my God. I mean, we've done the process now with four people, right? So, their process... I don't... I, you know, it's like, there is nothing about my business that they don't know. They had spoken to our distributors, our sales team on the street. Their finance team is thorough. Like there was not like a hundred rupees round off that would have missed their eye. So they're very, very thorough. So that process lasted. Lasting and completing a process is a skill, by the way. Like completing a strategic... And, and this is classic, right? Like in a lot of these entrepreneurial groups, like nobody congratulated me. Like people assume that a strategic process is actually a very poor outcome and the only real outcome that an entrepreneur really likes is an IPO. Are you serious? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like literally everybody felt like I would probably feel bad and this was not an outcome that I really <laughs> wanted. I don't think that's the case. I, I mean, I'm telling you what people think. I'm literally telling you that. And I was thinking back, I'm like, when you run a strategic process, you will know how hard it is to complete a process where somebody has placed a fair value on the brand. It is not easy. I can write a book about running a process and all the things that you should do and all the things that you shouldn't do. Wow. It's not easy. Because how many exits have actually happened in India? Very few. And IPOs don't deliver unless lots of things have to continuously work. A strategic outcome means at a point in time, at least everybody on the table got the exact same outcome at a very fair price. And therefore, rationally, is actually far better for the entrepreneur. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if, if your objective function is legacy. And especially. Capital is a, is a, is a side outcome. It's a great side outcome. 
But if it's if you and you keep talking about my great grandchildren will see my brand. Yeah. Because ITC will be the custodians of my brand. They'll grow it. Distribution. Their food business is someone you trust. They've been thorough. They're aggressive. Breakfast is missing on the portfolio. So they'll plug it in beautifully. I completely agree. I think. Yeah. Kudos to you on that. But this was like six months, six six to twelve months. Oh dear Lord, the <laughs> worst one year of my life. Really? It's when did you start the process? We started it in peak when the market crashed. April. Credo. We're in twenty three now. Yeah, yeah. twenty two then. Okay. I lost track of time. Days, Sundays, Saturdays. Lost track. Time. Lost track of everything. And there was this throbbing pain in my heart and head. That would just never go away. Why? Because it's difficult. Because you don't know who's going to drop in the process. You don't know when people have changed their mind. You have to understand that the strategic process runs as a non-binding process for a very long period of time. The diligences are very thorough. You have to answer each and every question to every single counterparty, yeah. and you are running out of money. Like, and you have to continuously grow your business while running the process. It's not easy. And you need to have your mind and heart when you are negotiating what is going to determine all of your outcomes. We have to get a lot of things right. Was when the money was credited to all your shareholders and to you guys, was there like was there like a or was it was it the SHA signing? Was was there a moment where you felt that oh. when ITC stock went up by? Thousand eight hundred crores when they announced the deal. <laughs> the news and and the news even today, like when you see the article, shot up by like ITC went to its highest high at the point where they announced the Yoga Bar acquisition, and everybody in the system congratulated the people who were doing the deal. I knew that was when I had a sigh of relief. I was the, like, the money had not come in yet. So so for me, Shantanu, technically the money is like I don't. Even the day the money came in, I didn't really celebrate because money for me, I don't know. I just my my relationship with money is a bit different from most other. No, that's why. But that's what people say. Until the money is wired, the deal is not done. Or the crowd is not going to walk away from a deal where the stock market has, <laughs> you know, literally said that this is the best deal for them to do. Yeah. So I mean, what 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 are the analysts analysts read into the? They like ITC was doing the right things and going with future ready brands. So I didn't realize till that point, and then people actually really followed us as a brand. They did believe that this was a great foray for ITC into health food, more premiumization, right brand, doing the right things. The market didn't reward them once when they announced the binding term sheet, and when they finally wired the money, both times they got a bump on their share. What was the value they gave you guys? That I can't tell. You can't tell. You know, you know, their their investors don't know. No, I mean, what are they disclosed to the stock exchange is public information. Okay. Understood, and if from a from I think from people who are interested in the see this is a very rare occasion, right? Yeah, where there is a young company that has been bought over by a large business on you know kind of new age consumer brand, right? <laughs> so people, we, our viewers will be kind of intrigued by the details of it. Yeah, you built it out for seven, eight, twenty fifteen till twenty twenty two, seven years, right? Yeah, seven years of effort, and then. One of India's largest conglomerates is buying it, uh, building a hundred crore brand, or in a in a space like food with a focus like health, where AOVs are small. Dude, I can tell you, it is it is incredibly commendable what you and Anandita and Aditya have done. 
It's it's incredibly commendable. Like I don't think people realize how hard the damn thing is. I I think people don't understand how hard it is to do in the category we did it in. Yeah. I also don't. I mean, I also we with zero background and with very little capital. Literally, like we we just had capital that was very little, very yeah. little capital. So, and the runner process is hard, Shantanu. Like I don't know if people fully. I'm and when you. I don't know. And at some point of time, many people will start experiencing what it means to do a successful M&A transaction. Yeah. Hard work. Yeah. It's hard work because you have to negotiate and be in your A game every day you go into that meeting because the outcome is so valuable that you can't lose sight. Yeah. It's not one of those things where you were trying to sell your bars to Indigo Airlines and Indigo Airlines refused and you're going back with a refusal. This is everything. Yeah. This is everything that you that you built up to that point in time. So... No, I agree completely. I, so, so I, I have not experienced it, but having Colgate Palmolive and Racket were two last yeah, digits yeah, yeah. on the cap table yeah. as primary investors, and then last round where we did a large secondary had Malabar, yeah. Elf Islamic. So these are large, like hedge funds and large, you know, yeah. uh, international funds. I kind of can relate yeah. to the fact that sometimes large legal teams thoroughness answering to a public board on the other side. Is not easy. It's really not easy. It's not easy at all. And to do it with multiple people on the table to run the process to keep the dynamic to make sure that you've selected the one that's best for you to negotiate those terms. It's not easy, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's a good life story. I don't know if I'm. I don't. I don't know if I answer those questions. Or are you happy or sad? Because I'm usually not happy or sad. I'm. I usually feel the same way at, at most points. But do I feel it's a great life story? It's a great life story. I feel like it's it's one that I'm going to think back and see that it was time well spent and it was done very well. A lot of times people say that they, you're talking about it's very hard, it's very hard, right? And I think the Indian middle class education system pushes us to do hard things because the premise is that the harder the thing you're doing, the larger the reward at the end. Yeah. Right? Cut in cheese karo or mehnat ka fal meet out on that. And I don't fully have re- over a period of time sub- started to subscribe to the feeling th- that that may not be the case. That identifying large and easier markets is probably the most important skill that we have as an entrepreneur. So we can max ROI. Yeah. I think to build a business, you have to marry your skills with the skills it takes to deliver success. In that category you're doing. You know. In the category that you're in. my I would say still our intuitive skill I could not have done what Varun has done. I don't think so. I don't think that today I might be able to do it because now I've seen the way Aditya set up process and I've got that journey. But at the point where we set up yoga bars and we saw it, our skills, we maximized our outcome for the skills that we had at the point at which we started. Over a period of time to take those deltas, a lot of things have to come together. It's inherently not a skill that you wake up one day and you build. It's not easy. What is the um, uh, what's the one thing that you learned about yourself that you did not know before the yoga bar journey which surprised you? See, I've always known I'm very ambitious, but I felt like I, I'm actually somebody who doesn't give up. You realize that during yeah, time? I realize that yeah, um, and I'm not somebody who actually thinks that I'm not one of those entrepreneurs who goes around telling people that. Be resilient, and if you what if you I mean, don't give up at the cost of your health and life. I would never tell somebody that. I I feel people 
the only thing that you should optimize for in life is your own happiness and peace of mind. Nothing is more valuable than that. But I've realized that I as a human being just cannot, uh, I need to take things to completion. Logical. At the cost of anything. Even if my health was suffering, whatever, and, and the logical part of my brain would be like, don't optimize, it's fine, you have these options, and no option on the table is so bad. I still optimize at the cost of my mental health, right? Like, or the cost of my physical health, at the cost of everybody else's health as well. When everybody was okay with the outcome, not only that, but investors are pressuring me. They're like, it's fine, it's fine, you're doing your best. Everybody can see you're doing your best. But to like, and it's not even like, and like, Shatru, like, whether you believe me or not, it's not like that quantum of money or anything matters to me. It's okay. just that I have to do it. Like, I cannot leave a negotiation or a conversation knowing that I didn't get the best deal on the table and, and, and I didn't put in my best effort. It's important to me. And I didn't realize how important it was to me. Yeah? Yeah. I would I would think that a logical human being like me who's not very alpha, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not obsessive. Like I don't, I like to live life a certain kind of balance. I love my movies. I love songs. I love all genres of music. I love spending time with my kid. I'm not one of those things that say, people who say like, it's yoga bar and not, yoga bar is my life. It's my baby. No, like I'm, I'm quite demarcated that way. Like I, I, we, I feel like we all contain multitude of, you know, multitude of things, right? So, but still I obsessed about the right thing for the business. And I was surprised by the, by the way I went at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I was surprised. I don't I know, know if it's good or bad. It's a good thing. I, I think it's a great I thing. You know. I, I mean, maybe if I had died of a heart attack, my husband wouldn't be saying that. Were you that close? No, I wasn't. Like, I don't know. Like, who's measuring, right? Like, who's measuring? But at some point of time, those are conversations that are meaningful to have. Like, it's meaningful to kind of step back and say, like, Anandita, Aditya, the investors. At some point, I'm like, it's fine. You know, like, it's fine. Don't kill yourself over it but I felt like I'd taken it on like it was some sort of a mission mission, and which it was right but I'm not that person so I'm surprised I'm the kind of person who's quite logical about life in general I'm, I'm quite but I feel like my modus the way I operated indicated that I'm actually somebody who doesn't settle it was a surprise that's incredible and is that something you'll hold on to as you move to the next thing whenever that is I mean, and, and this comes to the second part of your question, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I hope I don't. I'll say this. I lost a, I lost a year of my life in pure misery. I don't know if I want to be paying that price multiple times in my life. Oh, was, it that, was it that intense, is it? Of course. I mean, of course. Of course. Was it the quantum of work or was it the nature of the... It's everything, Shant. No, like it's... It's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like, enough number of M&A transactions haven't happened in the space. Um, I don't know, I, I'm thinking about when Raw Prestry ran, it's, they ran a strategic a couple of years ago. Oh, with, with Wingreens. Yeah, we, I mean, no, but they ran a proper strategic, I, Wingreens was an outcome because they had common investors. Mm. And I think about how Anush must be thinking about it now, given that in Wingreens' portfolio, Raw has outperformed, right? Like, uh, and I wonder if he had pushed himself a lot more and tried to find and or is he exiting and you know living this quite peaceful life which of the outcomes would he choose um, I don't know the answer actually like I don't know I think it's a very individual choice yeah. there's no right or wrong choice what is right for you is um, may not be right for somebody else yeah. when we ran our series C 
we did have a strategic buyer interest from township on the strategic buyer which we did take to the board um was a very uh, was a younger company um was tempting but at that time i felt like we had other options we had a good primary infusion that was possible and we went with 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 that but i can imagine an m&a transaction being being tedious yeah sure it's also tedious because you also want to hand it over to the right people yeah, you want to make sure that the person on the other side um doesn't wipe it off you know that it doesn't matter to them sure you have made a lot of money but i don't know i felt like i felt like sitting there today and i i texted the m&a guy i texted mayur from idc and i told him like it just feels right i don't know how to explain it it felt like all of that hard work today it makes sense to have gone through that but i don't know whether in the future whether i would still repeat this i'm not sure is entrepreneurship something you can continue to do what what, what do you see now of course you'll run yoga bar and you'll kind of hand it over to the right custodians at yeah. itc so for 3 years it's just going to be eat breathe sleep yoga bar because yeah. definitely <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> only eat yoga bar <laughs> um next thing is i don't know shanta like i've begun to think like there are many things that you can do out of life um i do i, I feel like as entrepreneurs i don't know between you and me i can tell you i feel like entrepreneurship is a bit overrated because yeah. also maximize wealth for people who already have it <laughs> i would much rather do it uh and 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 part of creating legacy is also doing it for um you know people who don't have the same kind of privilege that i have i'd like to spend a lot of my i don't know i i'm, I'm beginning to get really fascinated with politics i'm getting really fascinated with media i feel like I spend a lot of time watching like Turkish movies and Spanish movies and all of that and I feel like Indian cinema can create so much impact okay like there is no better way to communicate with people than something as basic as movies why don't we take something that powerful to communicate things that propel society forward why does bollywood do such a shit job I said this 8 years ago on a panel for some women's organization they said why do you think that women are so treated so poorly i said have you seen bollywood movies you know and i feel like media i feel like um i feel there's so much that can be done in the field of education and i'm not inherently what will i do with um with i don't i don't know if i want to be making rich people richer yeah you know all about all the people who oh, this is damn good by the way this is really very good hmm. not regretting breaking my <laughs> diet <laughs> <laughs> not intermittent every time i broke for lunch but no sugar thing um like employment creation is noble right it is all the people who are working in your factories in your sales force and now the extended team at itc and so on so i'll give you an analogy a doctor working in an icu center a doctor working in an icu changes the destiny of and i made i did the math of people who i think create large impact and doc, doctors influence about 80000 people in their lifetime a teacher influences about 20 30000 kids entrepreneurs get all the glory but i feel like there are so many people who make such a large difference 
in every little thing that they do. And I feel maybe I want to start measuring my lives and the outcome that I create and not based on how successful somebody else sees me. I anyway don't care if you like me or you dislike me. It's it's irrelevant to me. Like I'm I'm not I don't want to be anybody anyone looks up to any any case, right? Like I don't I don't really value that in my life. Like I don't I don't value that you give me a crown. I just don't. Like lots of people say that I do this because I want my investors to be really investors are one set of people. I don't care. Like I have a relationship with you where I hope I return your money and give you a good return, but that's about it. Like I don't care if you think I'm an extraordinary human being. I'd much rather start measuring my life with the impact that I create. And when I do that, um, I'm not sure that entrepreneurs sit on top of that pyramid. I would like to start thinking about whether I want to be an economist, for instance, whether I go back to studying and kind of influence policy changes, right? Like there are so many different ways to be meaningful. And I and I want to make sure that I'm not leading a very unidim. I don't want to go through life living a very unidimensional life. I think that's important to me. Yeah, entrepreneurs, but you're right. I hear today we had, uh, we shot an episode with Mr. J.C. Chaudhary and his son Akash. They're the owners, or they were the owners of Akash Education, which is sold to Baiju's. Oh, dear. Uh, for, but would they cost them money? For a billion, yeah. For a billion dollars, which is incredible. But such down to earth people. And I asked him, how many people have, how many kids have been teaching since 1974? Hmm. How many kids have you taught till date? He said, 40 lakh, give or take. Hmm. The 74-year-old gentleman blew my mind. He got super emotional in the, he did, right? He got super emotional in the conversation probably five or seven times every time he spoke about a student. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I asked him questions like, for me, like, this is like a storehouse of information, right? Who was the student you're most proud of? Who was the student you remember the most? Every time he spoke about someone, tears in his eyes is, what? I think education is beautiful, Shantanu. Like, I really think that doing it the right way, and I don't want to do it to make money. There's no joy in that. Like, I would much rather do it as a... But like with most things that are a bit non-profit, you have to make sure it's sustainable. Otherwise, it'll be one small project and one limited number of people, right? So so when you're asking me about my next phase, I want to start thinking about what can create... If I have the time, I might as well use it to do things that benefit people. Incredible. But is the entrepreneurial itch going to be there, right? I think it'll come very easily. I think the next business I know exactly, like the playbook for selling, the playbook for creating brand, the playbook for, you know, how you deploy capital. Everything is very, very clear. And listening listening to Karan. Listening to (laughs) Karan, very important. Always listen to Karan. So it's very, very tempting, but, but maybe not. Maybe not for me. I don't know. Yeah. I think... At least where I sit today, I feel like I don't. Really. And is India the place you want to exercise a lot of this ambition? The social, economic, etc.? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not somebody who inherently believes that there are boundaries and people are people and people are generally alike anywhere in the world. We all hurt the same way. We all love the same way. We all need to treat each other the same way. But but of course, there is this the comfort of being able to talk to people is, of course, a lot more in India than anywhere else. I have this story. I, I told somebody that the minute I couldn't negotiate a gym membership in the US, I knew that if I can't negotiate a gym membership, I'm definitely not going to succeed professionally and I came running back to India. Really? Literally, like a year, even with a bank, you can get anything done, right? Like yeah. leave a gym, like you talk to somebody nicely, you develop a relationship with them, they, they go that extra mile. Indians in general, and 
you've developed that comfort to get those things done and that's important because especially in things that are non you need to have a lot of that hustle you need to make sure that pe- you're likable inherently and when people don't when it's difficult for people to understand you that likability factor is the next step correct it's easy to be likable in india if you just treat people properly so yeah i agree i agree no so as i think as we reach the twilight of this conversation i think this has been fascinating for me to kind of dwell into and i would love to meet anandita and aditya maybe we should do like a a we are we have now started experimenting with formats a little bit right we kind of get in two three founders together have a conversation which is lesser about the journey more about, about the topics yeah right yeah. uh but thank you for being so um, so candid honest and so detailed in your um in your articulation of your of what you have built which again i will reiterate is just a phenomenal story of idea to business to execution and growth to exit and then legacy over a you know decade so huge congratulations to you and to everyone um our viewers are like for me if even one person watching this after listening to you flips over and says okay i want to do something on my own or in this case maybe you know uh pursue something which is purposeful yeah i think the barber shop would have been successful and our time collectively would have been successful today so any words of caution wisdom advice encouragement nudging uh to 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 the people listening to you another thing i want before you before you continue i've i'll be very honest with you right i've struggled to get women entrepreneurs on this show he and whenever i have had women entrepreneurs on the show i make it a point to never discuss yeah. fundamentally that they are women yeah. for me like for example this conversation was nothing about the fact that yeah. you are a woman you are an entrepreneur that you happen to be a woman is and you happen yeah. to grow up in bangalore and you happen to go study at lbs i happen to be a guy who studied at iim lucknow kind of lived in pune whatever right these are all things about us which we can talk about but they're not they don't define us um but i do recognize where especially after conversation with bhavna for example or with vinita where it was such an important part of their journeys especially when it came to um fundraising especially when it came to um uh managing senior men who come from different cultural backgrounds in their factories for example right uh so there are women watching this show as well for whom the challenges are and i'll be very honest challenges are of the nature that i may not fully understand but you probably do yeah so if you could if you could talk to them as well yeah uh while you kind of uh talk about your words of encouragement that would be great yeah so i'll answer the the gender question for okay chant no i actually think there is no better time to be a woman entrepreneur no, no, no. and i specifically say woman entrepreneur okay i would say i'm one of those people who've tremendous benefited tremendously from gender benefited like i don't think i would have been as as successful if i were a man because people rallied to support me because i was a woman and this comes right from retailers i remember the first retailer namda raised who kept my bars in a clean wrapped foil said i want to support women entrepreneurs so there's a better time to use the women card for your advantage and i'm i and I'm, that's amazing and whatever you need to use to your benefit use it because entrepreneurship is all about that you will have some wins you will have some losses 
and use your wins to the extent that you can. And the women card is by far a very, very great um, card in the India that we're talking about today. Um, you know, so I would actually say seek out the people who are willing to support the women entrepreneurs because those people really rally. They really rally their system. And fortunately for me, I can't think of a single instance where it's actually backfired. In fact, I feel like people have been far more respectful, far more, even our early interactions, Shantan. Like, I remember back in the day when I was fundraising, you're like, and it came up and you said, you girls just, I feel like women in general don't really talk about their successes or how large they have grown. And I feel like I want to support you. And I get that from everybody. Like, everyone's always saying, I want to support you. So I feel like the women thing, there's no better time. I feel like this is the right time. This is, in this India, like, everyone's supporting women. So, so... That's so a that's, very important, like, I feel really nice hearing that, Violet. Yeah. I'm also, like, extreme privileged. I like all the men whom I've been around, like, my dad, my husband, everybody, right, has all been feminists before they were women men. Yeah. Like, I remember my dad, you know, when I was born and I was the third kid, and people were saying, I'm sorry, it was a guy. And my dad's like, you know, the third one's also Indira Gandhi. You know, and he said this back in the day, like, which father kind of like, you know, and we've never discussed anything except being really excellent at what you do. Like, where even my eldest sister or Ani or me or whatever, we've just excelled. I mean, gender wasn't even a point of view. It's not even a point of view. And today I use gender to take me forward because I feel we are living in that India today. Amazing. That's great to hear. You're right. It, it, is, it is a small universe. It may be slightly skewed and a privileged one, but it's amazing because... If that's that's your experience, I'm hoping that's the experience for every woman. I think for fundraising, or I would say like even Fireside or like everybody else, they they really go out to look for women. Women invest in women-run businesses because, yeah, I think there's never a better time. Like let me just say that uh -huh. in those many words. Like whether it's finding the buyers to support you, finding an investor, finding people to mentor, support, whatever. There's never been a better time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, words of advice. I don't know. Um, I think you have to be prepared. Um, and I think, like I say that lightly, but I feel like you have to know. No, actually, let me articulate it. The advice that I would give people is being being an entrepreneur, being doing the journey. Make sure that your personal relationships um rally to do make you do things better. It is more likely that a on, that a journey gets harder because as entrepreneurs, we tend to be so self-obsessed and so fixated on our own selves that we forget that the ecosystem that is supporting us is also making like sacrifices. I think just to be aware that this whole system is rallying against like for you to succeed, that awareness is important, will take you a bit more forward because a lot of times you will see that the things that entrepreneurs face the most are actually personal hiccups. Like they're just difficult personal life choices. And the more you are cognizant that you as an entrepreneur also, you know, um, are making it difficult for your relationship because it's just not available, right? Yeah. And you compensated with good behavior, you're going to create an ecosystem that allows you to thrive more at work. I, I, I feel like people don't discuss that enough. I completely agree. I completely agree. I think people, we... Um... We make entrepreneurship seem so glamorous glamorous and fun and massive. But eight years, it's been eight years for me as well, right? Seven and a half, eight years now. 
almost eight years is a long time. Yeah, it's a it's a short amount of time for a company. Yeah, but it's a long last time for a, for an individual, right? Yeah, and people don't realize of those eight years, eighty percent of days would not be ideal. Yeah, it's hard. Twenty percent of days will be the highs. Eighty percent of days are not ideal, and I don't think people are prepared for it when they jump into it, which is why a lot of the Companies that started in 2021 when the funding boom was high are today struggling and a lot of them are shutting down. Yeah. So many are shutting yeah. down. Yeah. Around the time I started doing angel investing. So I'm kind of, yeah. I was a little scared about that. Boss, I picked the worst time to start putting in angel checks. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. But the other thing that I would also say is whatever you choose, I do think that a pursuit of excellence gives you a deep sense of satisfaction. I think you should always leave the table feeling like you do did the best job that was possible for you to do given your circumstances and not making it sound making it sound like an excuse for whatever the outcome i'm saying personal satisfaction i'm not saying anybody else pointing to you i'm saying a deep sense of self satisfaction is heavily underrated i completely agree i completely agree so asli this has been absolutely a, a, a pleasure for me um and i really wish you the best uh, wish yoga bad the best wish itc Anandita, Aditya, your entire team, Deepak, Kanan, everyone, uh, a big congratulations on everything that you guys achieved uh, and continue to achieve. And hope that personally, you continue to be as uh, self-assured and uh, uh, and clear about and clear about the sensibilities that you kind of kind of bring to the table. It's it's. I'm glad also that these conversations give me an opportunity to meet people like you and learn from you. And uh, Thank you so much for being generous with your time. No, no, kind of you, Shantanu, to have me. <laughs> <laughs> And that was really tasty, by the way. All right. Wow. Thank you.